Welcome to RLA's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy part two, time running out in our series, Never Disqualified, by our pastor, Renee Molina. Um, and so today, I want to talk about how we're never disqualified, even, and uh, first week was, we're never disqualified, can we put it uh, the overview? We're never disqualified, even if you're a nobody. Even if you're a nothing, even if you're a nobody, you are never disqualified. And we spoke about how you're going to be great at God's time. This is really important. You're going to be great at God's time, not at your time. You guys remember when we spoke about Joseph? Joseph was doing wonders in prison and nothing happened. Sometimes you're going to do, you're going to have the best education, the best gifts, the best talents, the best this, the best that, and you're still not going to be great because you're going to be great when God wants you to be great. Does that make sense? And so even when you're a nobody, you, you are never disqualified. Last week, we spoke about how you're never disqualified even when you feel like your time is running out. It was crazy because last week, we were talking a lot about time and how we're never disqualified because our God controls time. He's the Lord of time. And because he's the Lord of time, God could control our time. So even when you feel like time is running out, you are still in time when you trust God. Does that make sense? And so we we're talking about that. And we were talking about how when you try to help God, that's when you're lacking trust in God. And when you try to help God and you create your outcome, you hate that outcome you created yourself. That was last week. It, honestly, it was really impacting my life. Um, and then today, we're going to talk about how even when you're full of mistakes, you're still not disqualified. So um, let's pray and let's dive right in. Uh, God, we just thank you for everything today. We ask that you may speak to us today. God, whoever couldn't come because they're going through a hurricane of a season, God, I just ask that you may just encourage them and push them. Those that couldn't come because of school, those couldn't come because of work, those that couldn't make it to service because of laziness, God, I just ask that you may just push them, jumpstart them, God. And so thank you. Speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have a Bible, can you go to Genesis chapter 12? Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And like I've said before, we're going over the life of Abraham. Quick little fact. Um, did you go, do you guys know that Abraham was named Abraham? Do you guys know that? Some scholars say that it was, he's, his name was changed from, from Abraham to Abraham because uh, the H does the sound of like breathing. And that's this breathing, and that's kind of the, 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 the Holy Spirit. And some, some people say that it's like the life, the time that he was just changed forever, Abraham, like the life of God just started breathing on him. That's what some people say. So that's what some say. Yeah, hey, it's like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so Genesis 12, chapter 1, uh, chapter 12, sorry. So it says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country your people and your father's family to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. 
Verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot, say with me, Lot, Lot. went with him. Thank you. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, say with me, nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Okay. So, um, did we pray already? Okay. So, uh, yes, speak to us today, God. We did. Wow. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, I want to start by telling you that the Bible is full of examples of great men and women of God. But at the same time, these great men and women of God were full of mistakes, full of flaws, full of many, many deep, deep mistakes. And some people are like, well, you know, David did it, so that means I could do it. No, 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 no. Well, you know, Abraham did it, so I'm going to do it. Well, Paul did it, so I'm No, 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 no. Only because the Bible records something doesn't mean it approves something. Does that make sense? And so when the Bible says, well, David, you know, cheated on his wife and everything happened. And some people are like, well, you know, David did it so well. Hey, you know, no, 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 no. God reveals people's major mistakes in Scripture so that we could learn from them. And so the Bible is full of imperfect people. If the Bible only used perfect people, the Bible would be a very short book with very few people in it. And it will just be Jesus and God. <laughs> That's what the Bible would be if it was just full of perfect people. But the Bible is full of imperfect people, full of deeply, deeply flawed people. And so it was unheard of that this God would enter into a relationship with human beings. It was unheard of, this perfect God entering into a relationship with these fully flawed human beings. In ancient times, that was unheard of. In ancient times, you know how outrageous it was? It was like if somebody today would marry a cat. It's like, wait, what? Like, right? It's like, wait, what? That's how outrageous the idea was in the Old Testament of God wanting to have a relationship with human beings. It was like, no, 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 you're God. You're perfect. You do not make a relationship with human beings. They're fully flawed. But the Bible shows, reveals that God is a God that is willing to have relationship with broken human beings like you and like me. Tell the person next to you, you're broken. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so now, I want to do an overview of mistakes. You guys with me? I want to do an overview of mistakes. You ready? So just before we go into it, it's easy. I need you to listen to me, please. It's easy to romanticize the heroes in the Bible. It's easy to romanticize them, your favorite figures in the Bible. But they were fully human and full of mistakes. And there's certain things you should never imitate from them. So let's do an, a flyover of kind of like a hall of fame, but like sort of like a hall of shame. No, no, we're not going to shame him. But a hall of fame of mistakes. So here we go. So we got, we got Abraham. I want, I want you to know that Abraham, we could, we could put his picture on the screen. Abraham some people don't know. Some people, did you know that Abraham disobeyed God? God told Abraham, leave your family and go to the land I'm going to take you. 
But who went with him? Exactly. Abraham didn't obey God fully. He disobeyed God. He was to leave his whole family and move to the place that God told him to be. Abraham disobeyed God. The characters in the Bible are to show us how broken they were also, just like you and like me. Abraham also slept with his slave. The great father Abraham, no, he also, he slept with his slave. He, he had, a, you know, he had a ba- baby with another, another woman. And you thought, you know, our sh- shows nowadays are scandalous. Another thing that Abraham did, the great Abraham that we still talk about thousands of years later, he deceived and lied to Pharaoh twice. He lied to him, deceived him. What? Pharaoh? Uh, Abraham? Grandpa Abe? Yeah, him. Next person, Moses. Moses, the great Moses, the, the bearded Moses. <laughs> A lot of these guys were bearded. He murdered an Egyptian. Did you know that? Yeah, really. Moses murdered an Egyptian. Did you know that he stuttered? He had a, a, a speaking problem. It's not like what the movies show you. He wasn't the guy that was talking. It was, his, it was Aaron that was talking for him because Moses stuttered. What else? Moses, the great Moses, constantly doubted himself and God. How many has been, have been in that situation before? Well, Moses did it too. The great Mo, he did it. Grandpa Mo did it too. Next person, Elijah. I don't think that's the person I don't think I sent. No, yeah, that's the person. That, we were wondering who I didn't send. Elijah. I, I, I didn't send that picture. We could, um, we could have it blank for now. But Elijah, did you know that Elijah fell into deep depression and burnout? The great Elijah. He fell into, after having this great high moment, he had this very deep depression. He told God, God, take away my life. Kill me right now because this crazy lady, this crazy queen's trying to get me. Take away my life. I'm done. I'm done. How many have felt like that before? <laughs> Elijah fell into deep depression and God told him, you need to go eat something and you need to go to sleep. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Some seasons, the most powerful word you need to hear from God is that you need to eat and sleep. And then he told him a second time, you need to go eat and sleep. And then the third time, you need to go eat and sleep. So great Elijah was in deep depression. Next person, David. There we go. David. David. Did you know that David cursed out a Philistine? Some scholars say that when David called him, you uncircumcised Philistine, that was like an ancient way of like, Going off on him. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, so yeah, he, he cursed the Philistine, Goliath. Did you know that David, uh, yeah, we could put King David on the screen. David, he did not go to war when he was supposed to go to war. We go to David. There we go. There's David. David was supposed to go to war when he was a lot older, and he, by, by God, and he did not go. Completely disobeyed God. You know why he did not go? Because he was out flirting with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. King David, the one after God's own heart? Yes, him. 
Also, David, like I said, slept with another man's wife. And that man killed him. Some say that David violated all the ten major commandments in that one uh, episode. Great David, full of mistakes. Next person, Jonah. You guys remember Jonah? Jonah led one of the most powerful movements of God in history. Jonah, full of mistakes, deeply flawed. He went the opposite direction where God wanted uh, him to go. How many have been in that situation before? God told him no, and he said yes. God, and when God told him yes, he said no. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like God, so God told him, he told him, I want you to go to Nineveh. And what did Jonah say? I'm going to go to Tarshish or Tarshish. <laughs> so that's kind of saying, so God told him, I want you to go to the Middle East. And he went to Spain. <laughs> he went the opposite direction. Let me, no, Jonah's a really interesting person. He had deep drama with, with the sailors and with a big fish. He got vomited by a big fish. How many been in a season where you feel like somebody just vomited you out of that season? <laughs> you guys with me today? You guys with me? Yeah? Like, sometimes you feel like you just got vomited out of a season. Like, I don't know how I made it out. I just know I made it out, like, gooey and sticky, but I made it out of that season. What else? Jonah, he, this is crazy. Jonah got upset when God restored an entire city. Think about that. Jonah was like, God, this is the exact reason why I didn't want to come to Nineveh, because I knew you were merciful, I knew you were good, I knew you were loving, and I knew you would show mercy to these people. That's why I didn't want to come. It's like, Jonah, like, really? Like, it's like a pastor getting upset when a marriage is, is restored. <laughs> like, or when a person on the verge of suicide finally finds their purpose and finds their, their meaning in life. Or like a pastor or a leader getting upset when somebody gets healed from a deep uh, sickness. It's like, no, like Jonah, you are totally disqualified. Like you're supposed to be happy at that. But Jonah wasn't. He was mad. Because mm. God had mercy. He wanted to die instantly. He said, I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And that's why I didn't want to come. Like, Jonah, really? <laughs> Next person, Peter. Say with me, Peter. Peter, um, he lied about being with Jesus three times. You remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he lied about being with Jesus three times. He was stubborn, too. Yeah, he was very stubborn. And you know what he was, too? He was a flaker. <laughs> he had a whole bunch of false promises. See, you know, broken people. We're broken, imperfect people. Peter was like, God, I'm going to be there for you. In the roughest times, in the deepest times, God, I'm going to be there for you, God. And what happened? He denied it. He was not there. What a flaker. Huh? <laughs> How many have been like that with God? 
God, on this day when the sun sets and the sun or the sun rises from the east, you get all poetic with God. I am not going to let you down. I'm not going to let you down, God. I'm going to be there. And, and then, you know, we flake on God. That's how Peter was. And then last but not least, Paul. Paul was the great Paul. He was stubborn. Paul was very stubborn. He persecuted Christian people. He approved the execution of an innocent person. I'm, I'm going to try to keep this G-rated, PG maybe. Um, he called people dogs when he was mad. And he said they, they should go mutilate themselves. <laughs> so it's, Paul was, had this anger thing. But yet, they were still used by God. So I want to ask you, what are your issues? You guys following me? What are your issues? Do you constantly doubt like Moses? Do you constantly find yourself just Maybe being a flaker with God. God, I'm going to do it. And you don't do it. Do you constantly getting, do you get upset when the person that you don't want have a good life, they start having a good life like Jonah? Are you guys following me? The point of scripture, these people in the Bible is so you can see yourself in them. And so you could know that if God used broken and deeply flawed people like them, then God could use us too. You are never disqualified. Some of you have like the doubting syndrome, <laughs> like constantly doubting. And then you're, no, and then yeah, and then no, and then I, uh, uh, no. Uh. God can still use you. And some might ask, Renee, why do you mainly have men? Do you really want me to tell you why? Because it's mainly us men that have usually done terrible things. These, and of course, don't get me wrong, there's also women in the Bible that have done terrible things, but, but you get my, what I'm trying to say. Is that they're there to show us how broken we are. So what's the point? The point is that the Bible is full of broken people, and yet God still uses them. And so if you, can you, if you have a Bible, can you go to James chapter 2, verse 8? James chapter 2. Two verse, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 23. Sorry. So it's really, really important that we, and you know what's crazy? We tend to romanticize our past in general. And we always think like our past, if the, only the past was better. No, going back to the way that things were in the past is just an illusion. And so um, Luke chapter 23, I'm not there yet. I know you're, you're kind of there. Um, I want to show you these words from Jesus that kind of just kind of hit this on the head. Luke 23, verse uh, 32. It says, two other men, both criminals. This is Jesus' crucifixion scene. Both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, and here's the heart of it. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothing by casting lots. 
And so I just want to just tell you today, the last words of Jesus are super important. That Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Have you ever been in times where you look back at your life and you're like, what was I wearing? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what was my hair do back in the day? You know, or you look back and you're like, wow, like, man, I've lost so much weight or kind of the other way around, you know. But like, we kind of just wonder, like, you look at your past and you're like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I eating? <laughs> like, what was wrong with me? Because there's times in our lives that we really don't know what we're doing. Like, some are like, how did I trust that guy with all my money? Like, how, how did I give him all my, and it was a, a Ponzi scheme, you know? Like, how was it that I trusted him? What was I doing? And in the same way, Jesus, it makes sense why he said that we don't know what we do sometimes. When there's abusive relationships, I know that those people that are abusive, they don't know what they're doing. Some people, we just don't know what we're doing. But even despite we don't know what we're doing, it says that Jesus was willing to die for us. The greatest example that God still believes in us is what Jesus did on that Roman cross. The moment you start thinking you're disqualified is the moment you're losing sight of the cross. The moment you start thinking that God doesn't love you anymore, God doesn't believe in you, I'm too, I'm too stubborn or I'm too um, doubtful or I'm too sarcastic or I'm too, I, I joke around too much or I'm too this or I'm too that or I'm too unqualified, you're losing sight of the cross. Because what Jesus did on the cross for us is that no matter how ugly our lives may be, he is willing to be tortured and executed for us. And he said, Father, forgive Renee, for he doesn't know what he does. Forgive Chris. Forgive Gisela. Forgive Freddie. Forgive Junior. Forgive Edwin. Forgive Edna. Forgive Evelyn. For they don't know what they do sometimes. Sometimes I wonder, like, if I had a brain in that season of my life. Can I get an amen? Am I the only one, or are you guys with me on this? Yeah, like, like some is like, like, who, like, I don't even know why I dated that guy. You know, I don't even know why I dated that girl. Like, what was wrong with me? How did I, I don't know. And Jesus is right. We do not know what we do sometimes, maybe most of the times. But yet, he was still willing to be tortured and executed for you and for me broken people and if the cross doesn't show you that he still believes in us I don't know what will and the last thing I want to share with you today is that God will always choose mercy over judgment in the middle of our mistakes jump with me to James chapter uh, 2 usually I just like choosing one or two scriptures and you know, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. But um, today we're jumping kind of quite a lot. I want to show you this scripture. James chapter 2 verse 8 says, 
If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, which is love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you should not commit murder. If you commit adultery but you commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker of everything. And listen to this. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, which is the, the, the law, the, the, the law of love of Jesus. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who is not merciful. And here it is. Here's the, the punch. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. If God has a record of your mistakes, of your brainless seasons... If he had to choose a reaction over your mistakes, he would choose mercy over judgment. If God had to choose a consequence over your life in your mistakes, he would choose mercy over judgment. King David once said, he said, I am deep I am in deep distress. He says, let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into human hands. Because God's mercy is bountiful and great. But how many know people are quick to judge? People are quick to criticize. People are quick to disqualify us. People are like investigators of your mistakes, like Dwight Schrute, if you watch The Office, like they will investigate every mistake. They got receipts for your mistakes. They got dates. They got the store you did it in. They got the the, the Instagram story. They got your post. They got everything ready to judge you and criticize you. But God is not like that. God is a God of mercy and not of judgment. Can I give you a little factoid of the Bible that's relevant to this? It says in scripture, the day of judgment, not the days of judgment. A lot of Christians think that the Bible says the days of judgment. That's why they're all around judging people. But God says there will be one day of judgment. Right now, we're in the time of grace and patience. What's my point? My point is that God, if he had to choose between mercy and judgment, he'll choose mercy. Because people are quick to judge us. Quick to disqualify. Oh, look at them. Like, look, really? Look at them. Look at the way they're doing. Look at this. Look at that mistake. Look at this season. Look at that season. Look at the relationship they're in. Look at their marriage. Look at their bank account. Look at their social media. I, I don't know if there's people as superficial like that, but just look at this. Look at that. And they quickly disqualify us. But God is not like that. For God, you are never disqualified. I love the line at the end of the Bible project, the the video we saw. He says, the fact that God stays committed to biblical characters is a profound statement about the patience and love of God. God still believes in you, even though you've been super doubtful lately, even though you've been super stubborn lately, he still believes in you and you're not disqualified. You've been too busy to hang out with people you love you're still not disqualified. You've made terrible money decisions. You're still not disqualified. 
No one knows you. You're still not disqualified. Your time's running out. You're still not disqualified. Can I tell you something? And I want to I close with this. It's better to be in God's hands than in people's hands. Because people's hands be quick to just crumple you up and throw you away. But we got to be in God's merciful and patient hands. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.